couple pages beyond that to 2 Peter chapter 1. So James chapter 1 and then 2 Peter 1. The title of today's message is The Serpent Still Lies. The Serpent Still Lies. In Genesis, the serpent is seen in the garden speaking to Eve, twisting the word of God. Talks her out of truth and into believing a lie. And that same serpent is still lying today. See, we are all going through trials, or you will be going through trials, that will appear to be bigger than you can bear. That's when the serpent slips in and begins speaking, twisting the truth so you too will believe his lie. Did God really say that? Look around. You're all alone. Nobody cares. Certainly God doesn't care or you wouldn't be going through this. It's your fault. You have to fix it. This pain this diagnosis is a fact. It can't be changed. It's unavoidable. This is who you are. There's nothing you can do about it. It's, it's unavoidable. And anyway, God is more concerned about your spiritual man than he is about your physical body. So, accept. And the list goes on and on and on. Why? Because the serpent still lies. And if you've ever heard the truth, read the truth, or somebody's spoken the truth to you, and the first thing that pops in your mind or out of your mouth is, yeah, but, you've already believed the lie. Today I'm going to show you the truth, give you the weapon you need to make it through any trial. In James chapter 1, and I love this scripture, I love it. But this one, I mean, I could preach till Jesus comes back again just on these couple verses. Verse 2. James chapter 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let's pray. Father, we love this word. We know your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it will cut away the lies right now in Jesus' name. And God, open our hearts and open our ears to receive your truth, because it is your truth that will set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. The word perseverance if you break it apart, separate it like you were taught in English class to do. There's a prefix, a subject, and a suffix. The prefix 
per, P-E-R, the definition of that is through. Through. The suffix ants, A-N-C-E, means the quality of the action. The subject is severe. Through severe, the quality of the action. So when you put those definitions together, when the scripture says perseverance must finish its work so that you will be mature, complete, not lacking anything, the Pastor Brenda translation, using the definition of what perseverance is, would read the quality of how you go through severe trials must be perfected in your life so that you will be mature, complete, not lacking anything. The quality of how you go through your trials, not just that you went through them. I mean, if you go through them like a spoiled little baby throwing yourself on the ground and crying, no, me, no! And all of a sudden the time passed and Oh, well, it's all over. Well, there was no quality developed in that. That wasn't perseverance. That was called a tantrum. Nothing was developed. You're not going to be made complete and mature after that. Think about a little child. You're trying to teach the little child to share toys, right? You put the little child in the middle of other children and they have a toy and little Johnny wants to share Mary's toy and so mama instructs Mary share your toy Mary says no 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 well what do you want to do you want to develop character in her right so you have to help her give that toy to little Johnny well if she throws herself back and no you know, start screaming and crying and throwing a fit. Finally, you're like, okay, John, give me back the toy. Give it back to her. <laughs> Did she develop perseverance? Is she going to become mature, not lacking anything? Uh, no. But what do we do when we face trials? When we're going through those times? When we throw a big pity party in the you know, oh, horrible, <laughs> look what happened to me, and now I have this, and now I have that, and this is going wrong, and that's going wrong, and it's just the enemy, and just, and then pray for me, and pray for me, and pray for me, and pray for me. Pray for you what? That he'll just pick you up from your little tantrum and pity party and take you out of that, and okay, I guess we'll wait for another time. You'll constantly be lacking, constantly be immature, right? So what do you want? Do you want to be complete? Do you want to be not lacking anything? And do you want to be mature in the Lord? Yeah. Then it's going to take those times of through trials, those testing of your faith. Now, I don't know about you, painted tests. Really did. In school, it was like the teacher I wanted to just forget about that always says, today's a pop quiz. But you need that. There, you can't develop perseverance because the word actually means the quality developed while going 
your faith is like I, I taught you last week, which if you were here last week, make sure you listen to the message. Um, but that testing of the faith, for one thing, faith, remember, we, we learned that last week, is not something you muster up within yourself. It, it's it's God's. It's a gift of God or a fruit of the Spirit. It's God. He says, you'll find your faith in me. Found in me. It's his faith. And testing of his faith is like that mama bird that sees, you know, has that nest and all those little baby birds that she sees. They're growing up. They're growing up. They're getting, they're getting older. Okay, time to test your wings. You know, out goes, you know, little baby bird. You know, what? To test their wings. He has to prove to them, you can fly. The testing of our faith is not a, well, let's see if we can do that. But he wants to develop this in us so we can stretch our wings and go, oh, he can fly. Let the, the butterfly emerging from the cocoon. It can't fly unless it goes through that struggle and that pushing. It pulls on and it awakens like, I don't know, I'm not a anatomy bug major, but I believe it's like vessels that open up in their wings, that, you know, common term, uh, that can only be awakened during that struggle. And if they don't go through that struggle, somebody goes over there and tries to cut the little cocoon, they've scientifically proven these, and let that, it will never fly. You need those struggles, you need those times those persevering times, those through those times, to develop that testing of that faith. Yes, your trial, your pain can be severe at times, but there is no trial, no pain, no problem you're going to go through that he has not equipped you for. He says, there's nothing you'll go through that I haven't equipped you to handle, to be prepared for, to face, so that you can stand up under it, go through it. Okay, let me show you. Second Peter. Just a couple pages back. Second Peter chapter one. Verses starting at verse three. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. Let me just stop there for a second. Through our knowledge of him. If you don't know, it can kill you. A lack of knowledge can kill you. Because you make yourself susceptible to the enemy. It's like the hazmat suit to all the enemy's crap. Knowledge. If you don't put this on, you're susceptible to all the junk, junk of the enemy. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by 
his own glory and goodness. Through these, what is these? His glory and goodness. Through these, through his glory and goodness, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, what is the them? His very great and precious promises. Through his promises, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason. What reason? The opportunity to participate in the divine nature and escape all the corruption of the world, even by your own evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. To goodness, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, which means you'll constantly be growing in the depth of these, they will. What is they? They. These qualities that you need to constantly be developing in will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You ever have somebody say, I can't read that. It's just too much for me. I don't really understand it. I don't get a lot out of it. Why? Because you're not developing these qualities. Because developing these qualities in your life will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Him, in learning more about Him. You see that? Being good. You ever leave your house and look at your dogs and tell them, be good now? Right? You tell your dog to be good. You tell your cats. No, don't tell your cats. Your cats don't listen. Don't even talk to them. <laughs> but you tell your dog to be good. You leave the house and look at your kids and you say, Jesus leaves the earth. The first thing he says is, be good. Now, be good. First thing, be good. Be good. These will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge. Can you believe? I mean, it's almost like it's impeding your vision to see him clearly. Your inability to develop self-control, being good to each other, brotherly kindness, love, perseverance, these qualities are impeding your ability to know God. And listen to verse 9. But if anyone does not have them, let's talk about those qualities. If anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. That's something else that will keep you from developing these qualities in your life. They'll keep you from seeing God for who he is, is your past sins. 
always being grabbed a hold of, linked to, chained to your past. Yeah, but you don't know what happened to me. Yeah, but this is what, and yeah, but. All those excuses why you are why you are. Was that good English? If they're all chained to the past, you'll never have a future. Therefore, verse 10, therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, what are these things? Be good! Have a little self-control, perseverance, brotherly kindness, love. If you do these things, you will never fall. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You will never fall. You know Christians who do this? I know Christians that are more like constantly it's like fall after fall and what, what is their excuse well that's just how I am that's my nature and that's just you know and I'll always and you know they, they have a pile of excuses for why they want to what remain the, the way they were before Christ, they've forgotten it said. If you, if you aren't eager to make these qualities part of your life, and I like it that they're, they're things that we do. These are things that we can, can anyone else, can anyone else make you be good? I know mamas are sitting here, I'll make you be good. I don't know how to make you. You try. Mamas try, honey. Daddies try. But no, you. Who can make you persevere? Only you. Who can make you have brotherly kindness for another? No one. Only you. All these are qualities that you can develop. And then it opens our eyes. Why? Because there's nothing in there and it ends with love. And then you'll have to go over to 1 Corinthians 13 to really understand. Remember, reprogram your mind into living love according to the Bible and not love according to the world. But these are all things because then it opens us up. Why? Nothing in that is selfish. Nothing in that draws from you to fulfill me. You didn't say the right words, so I'm hurt. You didn't do the right thing, so I'm offended. I needed this, and you didn't do that. See, it pulls from each other instead of from God. Goodness, self-control, perseverance. Perseverance, and oh, I don't want to know that. Never mind. Stay the course. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Life and godliness through our knowledge of Him. I like it. I saw a little meme, which the people put their little picture and they put words in on Facebook that said, uh, "If you're facing your, if you're facing a Goliath, it's because God's seen the day in you." 
because he'll never give you more than what he knows you can handle. Why? He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. The serpent can't overpower you, but he certainly will come up and do that. Not touching you, not touching you, just poking you here, poking you there. Kind of like, remember in the garden, remember after Eve and Adam had, you know, eaten no. But anyway, uh, God pronounced, well, man, this is your curse, woman, this is your curse, and then he looked at the serpent, and he says, her seed will crush your head, but you will strike at his heel. That's what's happening. When the enemy comes up to you, he can't do anything else but just bite at your ankle, like one of those little chihuahua ankle biters. False, I'm not 
I keep calling them false prophets, but I don't think they're false. But all those, uh, yeah, they were priests. Priests of Baal. Thank you. Thank you. And, and 300 or whatever, however many there was, and the whole mockery there, and I mean, it's a hilarious story. You've just got to read it. But, and then had them all slaughtered. Killed them all. After God showed off and showed up, and he said, okay, God's God. Kill these guys. And kills them all. One serpent whispers one little threat, and he goes running. Right after that, hides in the cave and starts his pity party. I mean, lights his little candle on his cake and putting up some blue fog all around. Nobody's here beside me, you know. God, where are you? I'm all alone, and they're going to kill me. What? Is that true? I like it that God even corrected him. You know what you're saying? is not even true. I have prophets. You see, God hates lies because he is true. You're choosing to believe in lie instead of trusting him. Because that's what it comes down to. <clears throat> Truth trusts. Lies do not trust. Proverbs says you hate the one you lie to. Choosing a lie instead of trusting him. Well, I don't feel healed. I don't see my breakthrough yet. We're constantly are tearing down or redefining truth to line up or to be subservient our feelings, or what we see, or what we think. You know what that's called? Creating God in your own image. When you change, twist, or rewrite the word of God, the truth of God, to be subject to your yeah buts, You've created a God in your own You have become your own idol. And you'll bow to yourself, your circumstance, and what you're going through instead of coming to God. Truth, fact, feelings, perceptions, all those other things all fall below Nothing trumps truth.
in despair. You are not abandoned and you will not be destroyed. That is the truth. Just because you're feeling hard pressed, just because you're feeling the severe trial, just because you're feeling the pain does not mean pain trumps truth. Yeah, but I fell and I broke my leg, so, so what? The broken leg trumps the, the, the cross? You think that that broken leg can't be healed? Do you know the difference? There's, there's miracles and there's healings. Miracles are instant. They happen just like that. I've seen people, I've seen an ear grow out. Boom. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, where'd that come from? Those are miracles that happen in an instant. Blind eyes open, seeing that. People that were completely paralyzed in a wheelchair stand up and running and shouting and jumping. I've seen that. Those are miracles. Healings are a process, kind of like this alley I have right here. It's going through a healing process. You know, our bodies were designed to heal themselves. It's in our nature. And then when we're hidden in him in the divine nature, the promises to participate in the divine nature is to walk in a perpetual healing all the time, a sozo healing, a complete healing, emotionally, constantly, spiritually, constantly, physically, constantly, being re-energized, renewed every day, all the time. It's that divine nature, that perpetual. It can't help us stop. But that healing, so you might have a, a pain in your arm that, I don't know, you, you hit it on the door and, oh, now what am I going to do? Well, I mean, you know what, I better walk around. I better use this arm more, you know. Well, how about we just pray for one? Let's pray for a miracle right away. Just see you do this, you know? Yeah. You know? But healing might come by you stretching it out now and then. Right? Right, Derek? Right? Yeah. Why? Because sometimes if something's been broken, less than for so long it, it atrophies is that the word where it stiffens up it stiffens up and you might have to work that thing out every once in a while i don't know how many times did i have broken bodies when i was a little kid and the longest one was this it's funny it was this one uh, and afterward he you know they went through a list don't you know don't try to do this don't try to do that right away little at a time it out, movement. Why? Healing. Healing sometimes comes slowly. So just because you didn't get a miracle right away doesn't mean God's not working on your healing. So you might feel, you're like, well, I don't feel, it's still hurting. Well, let's keep praying because you're not going out of here until you start feeling that healing, right? Because it's going to line up. And now it's, you know, that's why sometimes when we're praying for you, we'll ask you, is it feeling 50% better? Is it feeling 60% better? Why? Because God's not done. He's going to keep healing and keep healing. And the testing of your faith will come in those times after. Right? Right? You wake up. 
knew that healing wasn't for real. Why? Because your feeling trumps the truth? No. Here's the truth. God can be trusted to take you through the trial. The space between the promise and the fulfillment. The promise and the fulfillment. The space in between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise. Trust. There is no bigger betrayal to God than his child not trusting. So, I see the promise. I see it right here. We are healed in the name of Jesus. You bore all of our sickness. You bore all of our disease. We're healed in the blood of Jesus. We're healed. Promise. My body doesn't feel healed. I'm waiting for the fulfillment. So what do I do? That perseverance, that testing of our faith that will develop us into mature, complete, not lacking anything, is that way, that quality at which I trust him for truth is, God will see you through it. Whenever we went on a missions trip, when I was young in the Lord, they always had us memorize Psalm 91. If you don't know Psalm 91, eat it up. Get into Psalm 91. Because it goes over this, He who makes the Lord most high, the shelter, His shelter, hides away in him. And he talks about being, you know, I'll hide you under my wings and, you know, I'll protect you and guide you. Well, yes. And they were good wanting the kids to memorize Psalm 91, but they probably didn't read the end of it or want to believe the end of it where it says that God will be with you in the trouble. They were just hoping we'll just stay out of trouble I mean, doesn't, isn't that what it means to be protected or delivered or rescued, right? Well, see, we've got a perception that that means absolutely no trouble. It's a lie! Because Jesus said, in this world you will have <laughs> So whenever we want to, you know, paint a pretty picture of God rescuing us, delivering us, you know, all this stuff, we see it apart from trouble, and that's a lie. He was with the three in the fire. He was with the disciples in the storm. He was with the Israelites in the desert. He was with them. Psalm 23, I will be with you in the valley of the shadow of death. Right? He didn't say, I'm going to keep you from all that. Well, then... You know, God would be a liar and even Jesus would be a liar. Because he said, in, in, I'll be with you, in, I'll take you through. You'll be protected. Actually, in the middle of that Psalm 91, there's a section there that says, even if you see a thousand fall to your one side and ten thousand to your other side, you'll only see with your eyes the evil that's happening. It's a picture of you being in the middle of the worst battle. You know, all hell breaking loose. All over. You're going to see, you know, pew, pew, people dying, dying, dying all around you. He said, you'll only see with your eyes. Why? Because he said, I'll be with you in the trouble. 
But when he tells us the sword of the spirit is the spoken word of God, and I put in your tongue the power of life and death, what do you think he wants you to do? Actually, that scripture in Ephesians goes on in chapter 6 after he tells you to pick up the sword of the spirit. He says, now pray at all times. Yeah. What does that mean? Speak it out. The spoken, he just said, the spoken word of God is the sword of the spirit. Is your weapon. Also loving enough to never hide the consequences if you don't. Okay? 
okay, well, if you choose this, this is what's going to happen. But if you choose this, this, I mean, it's the, you know, that game show behind door number one, two, or three. The door's not shut. He leaves the doors wide open. Choose, which one do you want? Uh, door number one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah all expense paid trip. Yeah. Why?
true, God can be trusted to take you through the weapon, his spoken word, and the reward you will receive all that he has promised. Will you stand? 